The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Now we want Psalm 24, continuing our Old Testament pictures of Christ. Psalm 22 was Christ and his cross, and then his glory out of that cross and out of his sufferings. The 23rd Psalm was about Christ our shepherd, our great shepherd, our blessed shepherd, the shepherd of the sheep. And all that he does for us. And this psalm here tells us about Christ again. Tells us about our Lord Jesus Christ. There's three things in this psalm I want us to see. Three true things. We'll see the true God. True and living God. The true Israel. And our true Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures... The scriptures are never, never fully appreciated until a person learns the message of redemption, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man. And when we see this message unfold throughout the whole Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, then maybe we can understand just a little more about our Savior. And look at this psalm as we divide it tonight into three parts. Now look, first of all, that first verse. Here's the true God. It says, the Lord's, the earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. What does it mean by that? That means it doesn't belong to man. The earth is the Lord. It was the Lord's before he ever let a man be upon it. Before he ever created a man. Men live here on this earth boast of their possessions, boast of their power, boast of their wealth. And then they divide the world up into countries, into kingdoms, they elect rulers. And then they take a country, turn it into states, turn it into counties, and people and territories, and they divide these states into farms, Ranchers, lots, subdivisions, and men get title deeds of ownership. But it's not man's. It's not man's. Huh? Not man's. It's the Lord's earth. He said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know what we are? We're just tenants. 
That's all we are. We're just tenants. We're subject to eviction anytime. <laughs> the owner sets the owner sets the owner of this earth sets in the heavens. <laughs> and he laughs at everybody and their little title deeds of the worms of this earth. He says, Oh man's living there, but it belongs to me. It belongs to me. And I, I'm so thankful that I know the Lord's is the earth. I, I know I've told you this before. There was a fellow at an old country store out here years ago. His name Paul Simmons. And I, <laughs> I didn't even know him, but I stopped there to get me something to drink or something anyway. But there's a big mountain, big mountains, a beautiful view right there in front of his store. I said, boy, I stood out there and he's standing out there getting gas or something. I said, boy, that all that belongs to my father. He said, whoa. He said, no, no, it don't matter. Well, who's your father? I told him and he said, well, that don't belong to, I know who, he said, no, no, it don't belong to your father. He said, I know who it belongs to. And he started naming off the fellow owned all that land. I said, well, still it belongs to my father. Every drop of it, every hill, every, <laughs> every tree. He said, oh, I got it. I got it. I understand now. I understand now. You know, but the earth is the Lord's and, the, and then look what else it says in the fullness thereof. When it talks about the fullness thereof, it's talking about the entirety of this earth. The wealth of this earth. The life in this earth. The earth's past, the earth's present, and the Lord's future. And the Lord's made the earth full. And let me tell you something, He's kept it full. He's kept it full. Do you know that? He's kept it full. I don't know how many times I've been to the ocean and watched them shippers, shrimpers go out there and bring in a big old load of shrimp. And they've been doing that as long as they've been time. They've been catching whales and they're still whales. Oysters and they're still oysters. And I tell you, the air is full as it's ever been. And you know how many people's breathing on this planet at any one given time? And the air is still full. And then you look at the earth, look at the soil. Do you know how many plants have been raised in this earth since Christ, since God created this earth? Billions upon billions of plants, billions upon billions of trees. Huh? Oh my. Plants, trees, flowers. Oh, flowers. How many flowers have come out of it? And yet it's just full now and they're still raising corn, still raising beans, still raising cotton, still raising all that stuff. How many gardens have you raised and brought up out of the earth? Huh? They're still full. They're still full. And I tell you, the rivers, the fields, the forest, they all remain full. And you know why they remain full? To feed God's people and to feed this world and to clothe them and to house generations of people, oh, generation after generation after generation. You know, of all the trees that's been cut down to build houses, they're still building houses out of wood. <laughs> Man said, oh boy, listen, they say we're wasting the earth. Listen, God says the earth is mine and the fullness of it. And the fullness of it. 
And I tell you what, they're full and they're held together by His power and His sovereign hand. He upholds all things by the word of His power. Huh? I tell you, we're filled, the Scriptures tells us that we're filled with His fullness. Filled with his, and he said he's full and he fills us with his fullness and he's still as full as he ever was. And on of his fullness have we all received. Then look what else he says. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now we're talking about the true God now. <clears throat> the world and they that dwell therein. <laughs> Not only is the earth the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but the world people that live in this world and all that dwell in this world he says oh our Lord he, he said there he is huh? all that live in this world and on this earth belong to the Lord Jesus Christ every single soul born in this world they belong to him huh? oh I tell you I mean and they belong to him lock stock and barrel he can do with them whatever he pleases they're His, first of all, by creation. He's the one that made us, not we ourselves. We're the creatures. He's the Creator. And I tell you, beloved, and, by, and then he's, he's, he's Lord. God decreed that He be Lord. said He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Father hath given all things into His hands. All things into His hands. Gave Him all power in heaven and earth. He said he gave him power over all flesh. All flesh. But you know why he gave him power over all flesh? That he might give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. But he still got power over all flesh. Huh? And then he bought this world and everything that's in it. You know... The scriptures tells us about, you know, the pearl of great price and the treasure hid in the field. Now, it's not us going trying to buy the treasure. It's not us trying to buy the pearl of great price. We are the pearl of great price. And Christ did all, but yet anyway, I'm going to say this. That that treasure that was hid in the field, in Matthew 13, there was a treasure hid in the field. A man comes and he buys the whole field to get that one treasure. And you know what the treasure is? His people. But he bought the whole field just to get his people out of it. (laughs) He bought the world just to get his people out of it. Huh? Ain't that right? Oh my, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, Here's the thing about it. The Lord Jesus Christ, everything that happens in this world is in His hands. And we're all so thankful for that. I was talking, I was thinking about Jesse when I was coming up here. I said, you know, I started praying for him and I said, Lord, live or die, she's going to give glory to you. She gave glory to you while she forces sick. She gives glory to you while she's sick. She'll give glory to you after she gets well. Or she'll give glory to you if you take her home. Uh, that's what people do. That's what the Lord's people do. Uh, and then our Lord Jesus Christ, He actually administers His authority in this world. He must reign. 
And all creatures, all creatures are His. Whether they're sons or servants, whether they're sheep or goats, vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath, all of them are His. And then look what else it says here. I've got to, got to hurry on. And He founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. You know, when he says he found it upon the seas, he says, you know, he put the earth up out of the seas and he separated the water from that. But I tell you, he found it upon the seas. And that means, beloved, showing how fleeting that this world is and how quick it's going to come to an end. And the reason why he says this is because he created all heaven and earth and everything that's in it. And it's God that said, let there be light. It was God who said, let us make man in our own image. And he established it upon the floods, the waters above and the waters beneath. And let me tell you this. You're talking about an insecure foundation is this world. You know what? And our Lord is telling us that this earth ain't going to remain. It's not going to remain like it is. It's not going to remain. It's like a flood's going to come. And I'll tell you what we're looking for. We're looking for a city. <laughs> Whose builder and maker is God. We're looking for a new heaven and a new earth. Founded on, established upon righteousness. And only those who are righteous will dwell therein. Oh, listen. Rock of ages. Cleft for me. Let me show you something over here in Psalm 50. And I'll move on. Look at Psalm 50, talking about the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and the fullness thereof. You know, I really, true, understand that I'm just a tenant here. I'm just a tenant. And I, you know, may be evicted just any time. reading in the paper about an eviction notice for somebody you know and that means that somebody ain't doing what they're supposed to but listen we don't never do what we're supposed to but yet God's going to evict us one of these days <laughs> and that'll be alright with me yeah yeah I won't even have to shut the door when I leave <laughs> look what he said here in Psalm 50 in verse 10 for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills I know all the fowls of the mountains that means every bird (laughs) and the wild beast of the field are mine whatever it is out there in the world if I were hungry I certainly wouldn't tell you for the world is mine and the fullness thereof All right, let's go back over here. We've seen the true God. Let's look now at the true Israel, our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he says here in verse 4. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Huh? Who shall stand in his holy place? Who shall ascend up to God? Huh? God dwells in the heavens. God dwells in a light that no man can approach unto. And Houston read the other day from Ecclesiastes 
where he said, Let thy words be few. When our God's in heaven, you're on the earth. Be not rash with your mouth. Do not hasty with your foot. For God's in heaven and you're on the earth. And I tell you what, and that's what, who's, who's going to do this? Who's going to ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who's going to stand in his holy place? Huh? If someone could ascend to where God dwells, who could stand there or abide there in his presence? Huh? Who could do it? You know, there's people that will read this and actually think that they, they've done this by their flesh. And oh, look on, look on all that, but who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who's going to go up there where God's at? And when they get there, who's going to be able to stand in His presence? Stand in His holy place. Well, I'll tell you who He has to be like. He has to have clean hands. He has to have clean hands. That means hands that has never, ever sinned. Hands that's perfect, hands that's pure, hands that's holy, hands that's never done anything. And oh, listen, then a pure heart, a pure heart. You've got to see this in Proverbs 20. you just got to see this in Proverbs 20. Uh, you, you know, and I, I know you've probably seen this before, but you need to see this. Proverbs 20 in verse 9. Oh my Who's going to stand to stand there? He that hath clean hands. Look what he says in Proverbs 20 and verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. Who can say that? Who can say, I've made my heart pure and my hands clean from sin? When he talks about clean hands and a pure heart, he's talking about never imagined a thought, even an evil thought, or any kind of thought that would dishonor God. And it's pure thoughts out of a pure heart. And then look what else is said over here in the 24th Psalm. Not pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Oh my. Under vanity. You know what it means to be lifted up to vanity? That means to lift yourself up like you're somebody. Like you're something. Like you've accomplished something. When you haven't accomplished anything. And I tell you what, when he talks, he has not lifted up his soul to vanity. He means one who has loved God perfectly. Not a vain thought, no vanity about him. And one who has loved God perfectly and done nothing in his life contrary to God Almighty. And then look what else it said. Nor sworn deceitfully. Sworn deceitfully. One who has and is always spoken perfect absolute truth. I mean who has spoken absolute perfect truth. Every time he opens his mouth, truth come out of it. Huh? Well, you know what happens to the person that does that? That can do all this, has got all this? The one that, do you know what it says? He said, if a man's like this, he's going to receive the blessing of the Lord. <laughs> he's going, and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now who in the world and on this earth has ever met these conditions? Huh? There's only one. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. 
Oh, that's the only one that could have possibly done it. He shall, he shall ascend into the presence of the Lord. Now, I want you to keep this and look in John 3.13. This is one of the most amazing things in my mind and before me that I've ever read before. And I've mentioned it before, but it's been a long, long time since I've thought of it. He said in John 3.13, Our Lord Jesus says this, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, has ascended up where God dwells. Like we just said, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord and stand in His holy presence? He said, No man hath ascended up to heaven. No man. But he that came down from heaven. Now watch this. Even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now He's on this earth. And He came down from heaven. And he said he's in heaven at the same time. Is that not what that is that not what I, is that not what that says? He said nobody's ever been up there, no man has, but the Son of Man who come down. And he said the Son of Man who's in heaven now. You know the only person who could do that is God. <laughs> All right, back over in our text again. I'll tell you something. When it says that the Lord shall receive the blessing, the blessing, blessing of God, I'm going to tell you something. We, as God's people, shall ascend and descend into the presence of the Lord only, only as we stand accepted in the Beloved. Huh? Oh, listen, our Lord says that we're seated together with Him in heavenly places. We was crucified with Him. We died with Him. We was buried with Him. We had risen with Him. And we ascended with Him. And right now, the Scriptures tell us the only way we can be in the presence of God at any given time. And the only way we'll all get to go up there is because Jesus Christ our Lord made us acceptable to God Himself. And the Scripture says that He shall prevent us faultless before His glory at His presence. Huh? Oh my! We get to go because He made us able to go. Huh? Now, the only way we can ever meet those qualifications is in our substitute, in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, in Him we receive the blessings of the presence of the Lord and the righteousness of God and the salvation that's in Him and Him alone. Then look what it says here in verse 6. This is the generation of them that seek Him. That seek that seek Him, that seek thy face. Oh, and then the margin says, O God of Jacob. Uh-huh. You know, heaven is populated by people called seekers and finders. <laughs> they seek they that seek Him. They that seek His face. O God of Jacob. We seek Him. We find Him. And one of these days, because we sought Him, and we found Him, and he, because He first sought us, but we will one day be in His presence, and that will be it. Heaven's going to be populated by seekers and finders. And by His grace, by His grace and grace alone, they seek the Lord. 
They seek His presence. We seek His mercy. We seek the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Him, in Him, we find all we need. He's that true bread. Paul said it like this. said, We are them which worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh Then let me hurry and give you this one. The true God... True Israel, the gods of Jacob, you know, we seek him because we get to go because of what Christ did. And then look at our Redeemer here. He said in verse 7, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The Lord Jesus Christ has met all the conditions, laid down His life for those who would ascend to the hill of the Lord and stand in His presence. He earned the right, bought the right, and has the righteousness, and He has to enter in and sit down. Because His hands are clean, His heart is pure. His soul loves God, never been lifted up to vanity, and He Himself is true. So since He's done all this, therefore, lift up your heads. Why are you talking about heads on a gate? I don't know. But He said, raise up! (laughs) Lift up your heads! Oh, ye gates! Be lift up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Uh Oh, the gates and doors of eternal glory has always been closed to man. Too many things to keep us from getting in there. But the Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, that came to this earth, And worked out a salvation for us. And when it was done, he cried, it is finished. Now gates, doors open. Open. Open to who? The King of glory. Huh? And our King of glory shall come in. Well, who is this King of glory? Look what he said in verse 8. Who is this King of glory that you want us to open up for? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Oh, listen. He come down here to fight a battle. He come down here to fight a war. And you know he won. (laughs) He won. That's what we're going to talk about Sunday night. That great, that beautiful white horse that comes. I tell you, he alone conquered every enemy. He's the, when it says he's the Lord of hosts, you know what that means? That means he's the Lord of all the armies in heaven. Huh? He came down by himself. He came down by himself. And who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He's the one that is the Lord of over the armies of heaven itself. And he's not alone when he ascends. 
He's the King of glory. And you know what who he takes with him? He takes with him a multitude that no man can number. Huh? And oh my. I can hardly wait now. <laughs> the door's been opened. Who opened it? The King of glory. Huh? How, why? Because he won every battle. He defeated every foe. Oh, Father, our Father. Mm-mm-mm. How wondrously, wondrously, wondrously precious is your word. How blessed are we to have it. How blessed are we to possess it. How blessed are we to have some little understanding of it. How we're blessed to see our Lord Jesus Christ. And see what this book is about. About Him. And His great person. His great accomplishment. His great work. The work that He accomplished. The work that He finished. The work of saving all His people. And oh Lord, we know that one of these days you're going to fold this earth like somebody folds up an old sweater, an old garment, and throws it away and puts it away. And you're going to fold this world up like an old garment. And you're going to put it away. And then you're going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And the only thing there And the only people there is the people who are righteous and love righteousness and will dwell in the heaven and earth where righteousness dwells. Oh Lord, what a blessed hope we have. What a blessed, blessed hope you've given us. God bless our dear brethren. Keep them as they travel. Bless these dear saints as they go home. Give them a good night's rest. May their sleep be good and peaceful. Forgive us of everything that's unlike you and meet the needs of your saints. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.